0: Good afternoon, welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe. Coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana. It's Tuesday, February twentieth, three twenty-five p.m. Temperature is fifty-five degrees, and we're having a heat wave in, in, in Indianapolis. So, uh, and boy, do we have some guests for you today. This is a power lineup, right? This is uh, the CHS Day, right? Cathedral High School Day on uh, Tom's World Language Cafe. Welcome to the Apple Podcast. Thank you, Apple, for sponsoring the show. Uh, this is our 13th year on, uh, on the podcast, uh, so we, we have a lot of practice at this. So, uh, But you can expect anything to happen. we got a lively group of people here today. Uh, we're going to start uh, with uh, a couple of things. Our Indiana Pacers are on fire. You probably know that. We have one of the better teams in the NBA. We're excited about that. We're excited about the NBA All-Star Game. That took place Saturday night here in Indianapolis. Uh, So this is basketball country, but today we're going to talk about a lot of stuff about world languages, right? And uh, we have some of the top people in the central Indiana area here, teachers of world languages, who are going to be our guests. And our first guest is Gary, Gary Spurgeon. Gary, are you there? I am here, Tom. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) More or less, just trying to get things, uh, organized here. Uh, I, I did start early by the way, you know, I always start early planning. <laughs> anyway, right. It's yes. been one of those days, right? I hope you guys yeah. are having a great day, uh, and uh, at school and while well, you're done now, right. So you get a break. So, um, Gary is the head of the world language department, one of the top uh, world language leaders in the United States and, uh, all around Indiana. He does an incredible amount of, uh, uh, great activities for language teachers, language students, parents, you name it, and Gary's there, always oh, there, and he does magnificent work, and we're just uh, very thankful he's on our show, and it's a big, a great honor to have him on our show. Gary, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Tom. And uh, so how are you doing now today? Has it been a good smooth day, <laughs> or has it been one of those on and off type days?
1: I think it's been a smooth day. Um, you know, we had yesterday off because of President's Day. So uh-huh. as far as the students go and even the faculty, it was more like a Monday than a Tuesday. Okay. So, but,
0: but all in all, a good day,
1: right? Yes. All in all, it
0: was a good day. Well, that's what's important, right? We, it, all in all, it was a good day. Now, can you give the listeners an idea about Cathedral High School? Uh, I, I'll, I'll mention a couple of things. One is one of the top schools in the United States. At the high school level, one of the great high schools uh, in the country, in uh, both academically and athletically. Can you make some comments about that? Am I close on that one? I think yes, I said you, that right.
1: You are very close on that, Tom. Okay. Um, we have been in existence here on the hill because um, Cathedral High School originally was downtown, mm-hmm. run by the. Brothers of the Holy Cross. So we were affiliated with them up at Notre Dame. Uh-huh. When they pulled out, a group of businessmen decided to buy Cathedral, but they moved it here to Ladywood, which is up on 56 in Emerson. And so we now have a beautiful campus up on the hill, Cathedral High School. We are co ed. We have about 1,200 students, and we are grades nine through 12. We are a private Catholic high school affiliated with the Brothers of the Holy Cross. Okay. So now when you say that uh, uh, you're a private high school, but, but it's, it's pretty open admissions type, right? Correct. It's an open admissions. What that means basically private is that we are not funded by the Catholic Church. In any way that all of our funds come through donations or tuition.
0: Okay, now so Cathedral I know has a great athletic program uh, in all sports, right? And, and pretty much. Uh,
1: yes, both um, IHSA sanctioned, but also club sports as well.
0: Uh huh. And then they also um, have a, an incredible academic program, right? Um, Can you talk to us about the
1: academic program? We are very proud of our academic program. We have several different types of programs going on for the size of school we are. We have three, we used to call them tracks, but they're not tracks anymore. But we offer honors classes, academic classes, and what we would consider to be college prep because every student that comes to Cathedral High School. Our intent is that they will go on to college because we are a college preparatory high school. We also offer dual credit in several of our classes, um, including foreign language. So we offer dual credit for French and Spanish. We also have 31 AP courses that we offer. What's your uh, top two in popularity of the AP? I would say probably the geography and world history, because our freshmen, a lot of the freshmen take that, but also our English classes are very popular with AP. So the AP program is fairly large, right? Correct. We are very proud of that. We have a lot of students who uh, qualify for AP honors, Mm -hmm. and we also have the AP seminar class, which is fairly new for us um so the uh how does that work the seminar class seminar is taken over by the english department and students are given topics that they discuss and eventually um write a paper over that and then take some ap tests to get credit and they also finish up with a capstone project
0: okay so the um what is the breakdown like um, with the various races? I know you you, you have everybody there religiously, right? And Correct. A variety of races, religions, which is impressive, right? I mean, I think uh, people perhaps don't know that, and uh, but you
1: have other students other than Catholic there, right? Correct. We have um, students of all faith backgrounds and that would include Protestant, include Judaism, include Hinduism, Uh Buddhist. So we are very, very diversified when it comes to our faith background, but we're also very diversified in a lot of other areas, such as the economic diversity, that everyone who comes to Cathedral is not what we would say the entitled class. Well, wealthy, Or right. the entitled wealthy. group. Wealthy. Correct. Right. Yes. Yes. That's right. and, I, I was and we a- draw upon all types yeah. of students, or students from not only in Marion County, but all the donut counties. We have students of far away as Bloomington that make the commute up here. Now I'm going to ask you a question about the, the World Language Program. Do
0: you find that okay. you have... You find that you have to do a lot of promotion to keep the kids studying languages, or is it fairly fairly easy? I, I don't want to say easy
1: because I know it's not easy, but it but it, it's right. Sh- uh, we but, have a yeah. We have a two year requirement that every student that comes through Cathedral a graduation requirement for Cathedral High School is to take two years of a world language. Uh-huh. I do believe that on having the honors. Uh, diploma has helped in the past but like any program we are continually pushing why should a student take three or four years of a language we're continually encouraging students to look at the world through global lens and that learning a world language will help them not just get into college and help them in college but in the market for example the job market Right. Uh, yeah, that's very
0: well said. That, that's, that's wonderful. And I think that's the thing a lot of high schools miss out on. I think that the promotion gets some play, but sometimes not near enough, you know? Uh, Correct. Uh, to keep the kids going. Um, and uh, and it's, I don't know why it, you would think it would be easy right now, right? In the world environment, you know, that we're all so, you know, the world's so interdependent. On, on the various cultures, but it doesn't seem like it's, it leans that way. Does it? I don't. I don't know if it's just the fact that, um, you know, we, we, we got into the STEM thing and all that. That maybe, you know, that we we don't do, we don't want to forget the world, right? <laughs> That's what
1: I guess I'm saying. Right. Well, and I think just not only through a world lens, but also through an economic lens. I always say to our students that. If you have a foreign language background or a world language background, that gives you an up on a lot of people, especially when it comes to the job market. That if you look at the roadmap of Indiana, how many different corporations are headquartered here or actually have businesses in Uh Indiana, but they are foreign countries or from foreign countries. And I think our students need to realize that, that the world has changed, that uh, the global world has changed. Yes. Now, um, if um,
0: if you could do something that you can't do right now, what would you like to do in your language
1: department? Would you like to add another language? Well, it's interesting because of the size of our school, we offer five languages, which is pretty unheard of for a private smaller school. (laughs) Um, I don't think we would offer another language. I would want to see us beef up the languages meaning encourage those students to take those third and fourth year classes that just because you take two years, does not make, you know, does not mean that you're going to be fluent or anything, but I think by taking third and fourth year, you're broadening your horizons. You get more of the culture in depth. You're getting into that literature piece. You're getting into that culture piece of art, history, et cetera. Not that we don't do that in our first and second years, but at least, you get more in-depth information. So I would say, if we could do anything through counseling, through our own means in the classroom, is to say, here's why you need to take that third year. Here's why you need to continue into fourth year. Yeah.
0: Now I do know that you know a, a, a very a close friend of mine, Michael Edelstein, and uh, correct. You apparently you were apparently were with Michael in Europe for a, a while, right? Recently. What was that that about? Well, we
1: have, for the last three years, we have instituted what we call the J-term. A lot of colleges do that, the January term. So when we come back from Christmas break, instead of starting the second semester, every student signs up for a two-week J-term course. So this year, there were four of us language teachers, three Spanish teachers and myself French. We decided to take students abroad for our J-term experience. So it was a 10-day trip to uh, France and Spain. And we visited the cities of Paris. We were down in the southern part of France in Provence. And then we crossed the Pyrenees over into Barcelona and finished our trip in Madrid. So it was a very cultural, linguistic trip that we took the students were amazed at what we did and how much we were able to cover and the interesting thing was we took 42 kids with us or 42 students four chaperones the four teachers and we had a waiting list of students that wanted to go on that trip
0: that's that's wonderful what a
1: great experience for the
0: kids right and the teachers everybody
1: uh, that's- yes, I think every time we go, we get that travel bug, and we want to see more of the world. Yes, and that's what it's about, exactly. That's
0: kind of what I uh, always said that was part of the like, the world language teacher's job, you know, to travel. You know, that's what we exist for, right? I mean, we, we don't want to just sit here all the time. You know, we want to right. in other countries, moving around, and uh, I, I'm so glad you guys got to go. It just sounds like it was a remarkable experience. I know Michael... Told me briefly about it and said it was a great time and you know that everything went beautifully. Uh, So now I'm going to switch for a minute and go over to the Spanish duo, right? Or this is Spanish? Is the Spanish duo here? Kathy and Rose here. Yes, they are are here. It's Rose. Correct. It's Kathy.
2: Both of us are here. This is Rose.
0: Rose, where are you? I can't see. Do I see you? Oh, sorry. (laughs) There you are. Hello. Good to see you. I always yeah, it a- at the conference. By the way, I have to tell the, the listeners, these people that you're going to listen to, they're always at the conferences, and especially at the Indiana World Language Conference. And uh, they always take their time, they're always there, and they could be home, not being there, but they're always at the conference. And, I, and it sounds like a little thing, you know, but it's really a huge thing that these folks that are here today take time to professionalize and stay on top of whatever is going on in languages in the country. And these people do, so we're just honored that you guys are here and thank you for being on the show kathy and rose uh you know it's a great honor to have you here so uh and I know all the work that you guys put in and, and put in over the years and continue to put in is extraordinary and uh, well, great
3: thank you for having us.
0: well, it's an honor to have both of you extraordinary teachers and and people as well um now i i I kind of had a generic prep for this. <laughs> about the Spanish. I said, well, how about program highlights? Now, it sounds silly. You know, you go, ah, program highlights, that covers a lot of territory, right? I mean, it really <laughs> does. I mean, when you think about this, you're like, whoa, you know. But uh, so, Rose, what do you think? What's, what's are some of the highlights of the Spanish program at Cathedral that you really well, think we, are great, you know?
2: We we certainly have a robust program. Uh, we have about 544 students who are enrolled in Spanish classes, and so in a school of a little under 1,200, you know that's almost half. Um, and we have lang- uh, we have language Spanish classes that are um, at that, like uh, Gary mentioned, the CP level, the academic level, the honors level. And we often have students who will come in at kind of the middle level, the academic level, and then um, they they perform so well that they move up to the honors level. And so those are the students that you really see um, who are able to do you know, up to, uh, we have currently a Spanish five class, of course, Spanish four and five are our AP classes. And, um, our AP teacher did not join us today. She wasn't able to join us, but I did talk to her in the last seven years. Um, she let me know that, um, we've had a hundred percent passing rate on the AP exams. So that's really exciting for those students who go ahead and challenge themselves.
0: That is impressive. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is impressive. Um,
2: We also love to bring Spanish into the classroom. So we have a couple, uh, we have a a, a Guatemalan exchange program uh, that takes place in the fall. Uh, The students usually arrive from Guatemala in October and then they leave in early December. And they live with the host family that is um, a family from here here at Cathedral. And then they take some classes on their own, And but they usually stop by our, our Spanish classes and will share uh, cultural information and do little language classes, little language lessons with our students. Um, and then, as Gary mentioned, you know, we had our J-term trip this past year that did go to Spain um, and France. And so we had um, I don't know exactly what the numbers were of students who were French students versus Spanish students, but, you know, they all got to enjoy being immersed in a country where that language that they take on a regular basis here at school is spoken, and then um, I know Gary's planning, uh, along with Kathy and Robert, uh, who you'll get to talk to here in a minute, you know, they have another European trip planned next year to England, France, and Germany, and then a couple other Spanish teachers and I are putting together a trip to Costa Rica, and one of the, um, goals that we have is that the the trip will be a little more immersion style where even some of our tours that the tour uh-huh. guide.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. And- now, is, so back to your immersion. Can you hear me now?
2: Oh, also, also,
0: There we go. Nah. <laughs> okay. All right. We good or no?
2: I'll tell you also about the wonderful um, heritage language program that we have.
3: Uh-oh. For our third year uh-huh. in uh, Spanish, also French, also Latin. No, no. Yes, Latin. Yeah, and Latin. And then we also have the dual credit for fourth year um, in Spanish, French, and Latin. And by the end of the dual credit, uh, they can get 14 credits towards uh, university level. Um, for Ivy Tech, that's 101, 102, 202, 201, and 202. And then um, our heritage program, which started, well, this is the fourth year for it, and currently we have heritage Spanish level one, heritage Spanish level two, and heritage Spanish level three, with two of those also offer dual credit. So our heritage kids can get in on that. Um, and I just wanted to point out too that in years where we have kids come in as freshmen and maybe start in level three, we will have a Spanish or a French six. So we will go up to that.
0: That's amazing, incredible programs. Um, now, I, I wanna tell the listeners about the guys who just got back from traveling. Uh, over the years when I taught, I did a lot of traveling with students, uh, a long, long time, and uh, back when it was a lot cheaper to travel and uh, et cetera. But uh, one of the things I've always noticed that sometimes parents forget uh, is that uh, teachers do this on their own time. Uh, and uh, you think, oh, I bet the teachers are getting paid, and most cases not, and uh, if if anything, very, very minimal pay. So they actually take their time uh, from being with their families and et cetera to, to spend time with the kids. And that's how much love these teachers have for teaching and the kids that they teach. So how lucky are we in this country? And I think it's one thing in our country that we always forget, you know, about teachers. They give up their life pretty much and uh, and, and get very little in return. So I just throw that out there for you people listening. Uh, you should never take for granted what teachers do for the kids, and it's, it's remarkable. I don't know any other country in the world where teachers go to bat for the kids like they do in this country. So uh, just that that's a little sidelight, but uh, all you guys are here today, and uh, all the great work that you do, and uh, I wish that you made more money. I wish that you got paid better, and hopefully in the future you will, and uh, get more uh, recognition for all the great work that you do. So that's a little to throw in here about your realities and things. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to the Spanish part. Uh, so, what about you guys about teaching? Why do you teach? I mean, I know both of you love teaching, but I mean, what really gets you going? I mean, what keeps your motor going all the time? Because I know you're all run, running around, loaded with energy. I've seen you out in the conferences. I mean, it's like you guys know you're like the everybody you never shut down and why is that how do you how do you do that i mean is there something that just turns on like oh man i just or is you just like this right you just love this it's not like a job right it's like like you're having fun you just enjoy it i think maybe that's a it's not viewed maybe as much as a job as it's, it's you just totally enjoy teaching right does that make sense Probably not.
3: yes tom um For me, it's just like as soon as, I just really, really, really enjoy the kids. Um, I am completely all smiles as soon as I close that door and start teaching. Um, The teenagers are just wonderful to work with and they come up with silly and creative ideas and I just bounce off of them. And um, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better job.
0: Amazing, yeah. Just my whole life.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a little bit like I think it's a little bit like being a gardener. Um, We are, we're in the stage right now where we're kind of planting the seeds. Mm -hmm. And every so often, you know, while we're still in school with our current students, you just see those seeds starting to kind of pop through the ground and you start to see, you know, some proficiency that emerges. Um, But what I just really love is, you know, when I run into alums, who at you know at the grocery store wherever, and they say, "Oh, Senor Egan, you know, I've decided to minor in Spanish," um, and these would be like students who maybe came in and struggled for the first couple of years, um, and then by the time they got to be juniors or seniors, they were kind of hitting a stride, and so you were really happy to see that development in them at the time that they're at Cathedral. But I think what's so amazing is just to see um, the excitement, the motivation that kids have when they kind of get out into college or out into the real world. And they come back and they tell you, you know, that they're taking their Spanish farther. I mean, the one particular student I'm thinking of (laughs) farther than I ever thought he would take it, you know? And so um, it's just, and when you have students who come back and say, oh, I know I got a second interview for this job because of my Spanish proficiency, um, you know, just knowing that what you're doing is kind of planting seeds that might turn into great successes for the students.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And which reminds me of a it's kind of like a, uh, you, uh, the kids, you know, they accept everything, but when they, when you, you know, you have the great successes you guys have had, uh, it's like, uh, it's really makes you feel good, right? I mean, it's, it's what you do, why you do this, because you want to help people. And, and I always thought, I'm, I don't know how you get I'm not going to ask you your feelings on this because it's a tough question, but I always felt when I taught, that no discipline in our school prepared as much and worked as hard as our world language departments, you know, uh, when we taught and, uh, and went to conferences and did things out of the ordinary that they didn't have to do compared to other departments, you know, in school. So I think we need to, you know, take our hats off more to the world language teachers here and around the country for all they do because, I mean, they just really go out of their way. I mean, if you go to an acfel conference and you go wow you know seven ten thousand people here you know teachers and and they pay their own way and you know many times they have to pay their own way to the conference or you go to central states and people paying all the money out of their pocket to go to the conference how many people would do that right i mean in other- oh,
2: there yeah there are a lot and i you know i think it's great um i i know our our administration always comments on how um, interactive our classes are. And I think it's a real blessing, you know, to to be able to use all the different um, techniques and games and movement activities. And um, I, you know, I, I think that we're really blessed, you know, to be in a discipline that kind of lends itself to that.
0: I'm going to bring a question up about interactive classes because uh, um, I think it was our last show, I believe it was the last show, maybe two back. We talked about this, about interactive activities. We talked about, uh, and uh, I, f- I got the feeling that it's still there, you know, that a lot of teachers still love to do it. You know, they love to have the skits, the interactivity, student center classes, small groups, you know, all these things. And But uh, then I got the feeling some of them never did, you know, uh, it's because they were heavy into the tech stuff, the technology. How do you blend that? How do you bring that together where it's a blended deal? There? Or do you just have to go and do you just say today we're just going to be all live right we're live today you know we're, how, do you, how do you do that
2: um i i try to make sure that i include a lot of different activities even within one class period we have 55 minute classes here and so i um, just kind of dividing up a class period uh you know i had students today that that did uh Practice quizzes uh, over verbs and schoology, and another activity was to, you know, sit and kind of do uh, to to do a reading and sort of apply some of the verb things from the practice quiz that we were learning and see it in context in the reading. Um, It's fun too, just to get students kind of up and moving around, um, talking to each other or doing activities like running dictation where it's still like incorporating reading. With it um, and interpretive skills, you know, but you kind of get them up instead of just sitting in their seats all the time. You know, getting them up and moving them around, even running out to the hallway to read a sentence to come back in and tell a partner. A so good. I, you know, I think you can make even those types of activities academic.
0: And you're and you're making them use the language, right? I mean, they're speaking, they're using language, you know, live, you know, which is wonderful. Um,
2: exactly.
0: Kathy, are you the same on that? Pretty much. I mean, oh
3: yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you try to incorporate all the four skills, but you try to get them up and out of their seats. Like we do things like quiz, quiz, trade. We do things like where you have a piece of the story in different parts of the room with a question at the bottom, but the question can only be answered from a clue from one of the other parts of the story. So they have to go back and reread and reread and come up with the clues. And, you know, um, games like Pyramid, where they, you know, it's like, it's like, password, old password, where they sit with their back to the board and you put up the word and the rest of the class tries to describe what the word is without saying it to them and they have to guess it in the language. So all the the things that we can get to them doing interactively and actively.
0: Live, yeah. right, Interacting with each other, you know, which is huge. You know, I I don't want to underestimate that because uh, I think it's one of the things we have to really pay attention to heavily with the technology all the technology stuff, you know, that we still have that interaction live, right? And, uh, you know, just because you're talking to the screen isn't really talking to a live human being. (laughs) That's a huge jump, you know, huge. Um, But anyway, um, so, well, thank you both. You have been awesome. And uh, I'm gonna move on to the other languages here. (laughs) I saw I get some time on other languages here. Um, So thank you so much, guys. And I'm moving along to John. Is
1: John? John is not here today, unfortunately. Bob, is it Bob? Yes. All right.
0: Hi, Tom. How do you say your last name? I've I've said it. No, I've said it. How do you? It is Correll. 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 Bob Carell. Yes. Bob, nice meeting you. I remember you from the conferences. Bob's always there talking to you. And I'm totally impressed by your stuff the the things you've done at the conference now so bob teaches german right yes i do tom who wouldn't talk wouldn't (laughs) talk you didn't think i'd say that did you i thought oh he's going yeah you know more than my students (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, that's about all i know about sorry to say (laughs) but i loved your hearing german i you know like my (laughs) a lot of my descendants are from germany so uh Uh, etc. So, at any rate, tell us a little bit about the German program at Cathedral because it's a pretty strong program, right?
4: We are uh, very blessed to uh, have the program here at Cathedral and um, we have a number of students taking German. Uh, We currently offer German 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, which is our AP level. Um, We uh, really... Uh, I want to say get into uh, the contemporary uh, aspects of German life, uh, as well as some of the historical studies, of course, and German culture. Uh, So we do try to mix it up a little bit, for sure. Uh, More than anything, we just really try to promote a global awareness, uh, kind of an intercultural understanding, uh, all while trying to learn a little German. So uh, really, really uh, pleased with uh, the students that we have here and uh, their engagement. Um, uh, In addition to that, Tom, we also offer a German club. Uh, And of course, as we mentioned earlier, uh, some study abroad trips, uh, which next year, uh, I think Rose and Kathy mentioned, we are going to uh, uh, France and Germany both. Uh, so another opportunity just for our students to in- engage with the language, uh, uh, what we deem to be an immersive environment, which is super helpful. Um, and, uh, yeah, we really just try to think of German as kind of a gateway to, uh, a higher class education here at
0: Cathedral. That's beautiful. And, uh, so when you, um, uh, I assume there are AP classes for German, correct? Yes. Okay. And uh, are those pretty arduous or no?
4: They are, and um, I will uh, mention uh, that they are arduous. Um, uh, We have 100% uh, passing rate uh, in our AP classes over the last few years, and uh, that is a credit to certainly the type of students that we have here.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Now, How how popular is German in the United States speaking-wise? I mean, uh, I'm sure there's neighborhoods here and there where it's all German, right? So I I would guess.
4: There are, uh, specifically here in Indiana, uh, uh, a a lot of German pockets, uh, especially down south, Jasper, Evansville, um, for sure. Uh, We talk about Wisconsin, uh, parts of Chicago. Uh, New York, certainly. Uh, and then what a lot of people don't realize is uh, we do have a very large German population uh, in the state of Texas, where they actually speak a form of Texas German. Oh, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but it is uh, pretty prominent. And we actually talk about that in class. And uh, it's quite interesting.
0: And that's amazing. Um, now, I, I wanted to ask some questions. Kathy, are you still there?
2: Yeah.
0: And Rose, you're still there, right? Yes, sir. Gary's still there, right? We
2: have a, we have a new guest with us, Brian Gross, who is from our Latin department. So um after you ha- answer our, or after you ask us our questions, Brian will be happy to tell you about the Latin program like John was going to. Okay.
0: Well let, let me do this first. Let me let me go to Brian, right? Let me go okay. to okay.
2: I'll
0: be back. Okay. Okay, Brian. Oh, there's Brian. How are you? Totally. How are you? Good, good. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a former Latin student, <laughs> a long time ago. In the, the, the back in the days, that's all about all they had in the schools. And, uh, and uh, it was Latin and uh, uh, had some wonderful teachers, incredible teachers. But it was very difficult. I remember how difficult it was. I got to fourth year Latin. I forget what we were reading, but it was really, really hard. <laughs> I
5: was... can imagine. It, I probably ended up uh, with either Virgil's Aeneid or uh, Caesar's De yeah. Gallico. Yes, it I'm was,
0: it was back, back in the day, man. It was hard, hard, okay. hard, hard. Um, now, so why do you teach Latin? I mean, it's a, certainly there's a lot of reasons, I'm sure, but what are your top reasons for teaching and learning Latin as far as the um, I mean, so that, it's actually something that um, I
5: got into when I uh, was in high school. just, you know, it happened. I uh, uh, had a uh, cousin who was taking the Latin class. She recommended it. The teacher was nice. It's, it's easy, all of that. Started taking it, continued at Butler University. And uh, it was at that point when uh, you get a chance to learn a little bit more about the culture, a little bit more about the history, expand it out. You realize um, how rich and robust um, it can be. Um, so I had the opportunity to work with a number of students in the area, tutoring and um, an opportunity opened up at Cathedral High School. Um, there's, you know, we're blessed in the state of Indiana. There's a really robust Latin programs. I will say at Cathedral, uh, particularly, we're, we're uh, extra blessed. We have a program specifically for students with language based learning disabilities. Um, generally, the content that's being focused on for those students is English. However, we support and we augment uh, what they learn with Latin for that population. Oh. Um, and, um, and that's actually the program I work within. So, you know, there's a ton of great reasons, obviously, to study Latin. But for uh, this population in particular, it it serves as an extra little bit of auxiliary uh, support. We get to teach about how language works generally. We get to work specifically with um, roots, um, work with um, the foundations of the English language itself. Um, We all know 50% of the words from the English language come from Greek or Latin. And once you get to three syllables or more, it's 90%. Um, And then on top of that, um, j- just the fact that um, it's not primarily a spoken language, for this population at least, um, it works out really well where we can spend more time with that close reading, more time with that comprehension piece. I'm sure, again, in your own experience, you remember breaking down, learning your roots, learning all your endings, um, learning how your, your verbs conjugate, uh, and you go from there. Um, so, so you know, that's, again, we're, we're so blessed in the state of and we have a very robust um uh, latin representation um we work specifically with butler university and uh dr chris Bongard over there for our latin 4 program we have a dual credit uh relationship with them and our students can receive um credit for uh for uh, um com- successfully completing the latin 4 fall semester um and in addition to that we've actually had more opportunities than ever before i'm sure um, my colleagues spoke a little bit about the january term that we have here at cathedral and we had an opportunity last year to take students to the um Ah, uh, to um, to Rome, to the Bay of Naples, um, on an eleven-day trip, and it was really, really cool to give them the opportunity to kind of make real those things that we've been learning about and, and seeing in that time
0: frame. Boy, the cathedral is certainly lucky to have you and John <laughs> as well, in German and and uh, Rose and and Kathy. I mean, that's amazing. And Gary, wow! I mean, strongest department in the school. Well, yes, and probably the strongest world language department in Indiana. One of the top ones uh amazing work you guys do I, and and i follow you a lot in in, well, especially in conferences and things uh the um but uh, back to latin you probably knew bernie barcio right bernie i don't know if you knew bernie it name's familiar um maybe a, that's the uh, way uh three or four months ago but he, yeah, did, right. oh. he, he's the one that had the um the uh contest what was it with the um the catapult contest. Catapult, yes. Yes, I do remember that. It did a huge amount for Latin, you probably knew uh, Bill, yeah. uh, 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 Bill Butler. Uh, what was it? B- Bill, um, I can't think of his last name. Bill, <laughs> and I'm I, I used to, to teach with him. Yeah. <laughs> ben Davis, and he was right across the hall. Bill, yeah. Bill, I can't remember his last name, but he was a great Latin teacher, a very good Latin teacher. Dude, there's yeah. been some great Latin teachers in Indiana. But really, yeah. Well, there were some really. Yeah, I mean, when I first got into the profession,
5: it was Steve Perkins was winning Teacher of the Year, and that was kind of just a really cool thing for me to be able to see. Is you know you don't, don't necessarily see that from Latin. The programs are yeah. often a little bit smaller, a little bit quieter. Um, so yeah. that representation has been so cool. Yeah,
0: because Latin certainly has a place in there in this, in this game too. Um, yeah. Now um, I'm going to ask some questions here real quickly about uh, creativity so yeah. um what do you think um as far as creativity what is your uh, favorite creative activity one that you think is really different it really gets the kids wound up and going
5: uh, well i get wound up for sure um so you know it's the moment you asked this i, I thought but this is an activity i've been doing in the last couple of years, um, we've, kind of moved, we've tried to move to a more spoken model. We want to give them more realistic interactions with the language because we all, and, and you know, in this room, we all know that the only way students really learn language is to use it as a language. So when we get to chapter 11, uh, the Latin ones are in core three. They have a unit all about the human body. Um, and in that time frame, as we learn about those different parts, um, they, it culminates with them being a, a translator at a clinic. And I walk in the door and I, uh, I have something wrong with me. Something hurts, uh, but I only speak Latin. So they have to ask me whatever questions they can. And they write down as much as they can in that time frame with a, uh, a colleague. And then at the end of it, they get a chance to debrief with each other. What was the matter? How, when did the pain start? How long has it been going on? All these question boards we've been working on. Um, but, yeah, they begin to hoot and holler, and, uh,
0: and it can get a little bit silly in there, too. So uh, they, they have a blast with them. And, Bob, what about you?
4: Uh, Tom, we do what we call a Stammtisch, which <laughs> is a German word uh, for essentially a table of regulars who often appear uh, in restaurants. They gather together uh, usually once a week or so, uh, usually over some type of food or beverage. And uh, we uh, implement this Stammtisch uh, once every two weeks, so every other Friday, uh, where we uh, provide an opportunity for the kids to essentially just speak German, uh, to speak the language freely uh, without being evaluated. Uh, We come up with uh, various questions and topics for them to answer. uh, And again, we do that over some food. Uh, It really gives them an opportunity to uh, just consider themselves important in a sense, uh, they get to practice the language, uh, again, without being evaluated. And
0: uh, it kind of puts them at ease a little bit. And uh, the conversation really flows. Beautiful. I want to run back to them. I'm going to back up a minute and with the question. Uh, I, I, I want to ask John this question again. John, what about this? Uh, what about uh, not John? Sorry, Bob. Bob, this goes to Bob. Bob, the question yeah. is, what about when you don't evaluate people? When you do not evaluate people. Now, there there are places around the country now, experimenting in world language, where they're not evaluating, right? They're not giving grades. Correct. What would happen if you just didn't give grades? I mean, do you think it would be total chaos? Or is there a way it could survive? I mean, would it work? I mean, or is it just kind of a, you know, this is a really wild idea that won't work? I don't know. uh... Uh, I don't profess to know either, but uh, I don't think
4: it would be chaotic. Um, I feel like uh, we have a really good um, representation as far as our student body. They are relatively serious, um, and I think the opportunity uh, for them to speak the language and to engage with it, uh, even without being evaluated, uh, I still think that uh, the effort would be there, um, and um, yeah, I I don't really have enough uh, information on that, but uh, I, I don't think at any rate it would be chaotic. I re- I really I think it could yes, be successful. I,
0: I do too. I, mean, I have I have a feeling the same. Now, if if that be the case, it would put the emphasis on learning, right? On learning the material, right? Correct. Mm-hmm uh which is what we want done, right? We want the kids to really learn the material. Does it really matter if you get a B or A? I'm I'm just throwing this out. But if you learn the, the material, right, and you become skilled at it or they find a better way to evaluate, right? Then we've we've done some good, right? And I I'm kind of hoping that that we can, you know, move the 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 the, the lever on this a little bit around the country, you know, that it's uh it's time, you know, that we you know, look into what's learned and not, you know, uh, necessarily the the outcome, right? But, you know, it, of the grade, more, more about what we're doing,
4: right? Sure, I mean, and uh, yeah. I think it's also important as to how the uh, graduates actually engage with it beyond high school. Yes. So, yes. yeah, so, then, yeah, as far as an A or a B, uh, depending on how they continue to engage with the language, uh, should they choose to do so, and how they might utilize that i think is pretty important
0: yes okay rose and uh, you, are you over there rose you guys yes. you guys ready all right mm-hmm. now what about your favorite creative thing what was that we didn't do touch on that yet right no or did
2: we um i had yeah given this some thought and kathy kind of already mentioned it just like the circumlocution piece you know where you're t- getting students to kind of talk around a word um, helps them, you know, develop their fluency and get more confident in being able to communicate um, instead of just trying to flip back to, you know, the, the English language. Um, and so a couple different ways I do that is um, a lot of times we'll start out with like a Pictionary game using like little whiteboards um, and they'll, you know, the one student will be looking at a screen that has maybe two or three words that we're focusing on, kind of draw that picture or those pictures and then the, the partner, you know, tries to write the words down. Um, and I kind of do that as just a low um, stress intro to mm-hmm. then kind of taking it up a notch and seeing if then instead of drawing the picture, you know, they can describe the word for yes. their partner in right. the target language. Um, I also love to use um, student information um, for some of our input activities. And so just recently in um, all of my classes, even though I teach, you know, different levels, I was able to kind of adapt this between levels is, you know, kind of playing like a two truths and a lie type activity and then making a kahoot with the with the the information that the students gave. Um, And then I just love getting students out of the classroom to do learning. And we have so many um, Hispanic grocery stores. Even within just a short bus drive of Cathedral, you know, we're able to get students out and, and I think whenever they're, even just during a class period, so we're not interrupting other classes, but, you know, I've, I've done activities where we've gone to a location that'll have a taqueria and a panaderia and an heladeria, uh, you know, taco shop, a bread store, an ice cream store, along with like a, a Mexican supermarket, and even though they're only there for maybe 30 or 35 minutes, um, they just get so much out of seeing um, the language, you know, the the names of the vegetables and the meat, yeah. and uh, and of course, getting to try churros and that sort of thing, you know, that they've just bought themselves, and so anything that I think you can do to get students maybe out of the, the four walls um, is also yeah. just something I yeah. love to do.
0: Beautiful, and, uh, and uh, Kathy, what about you? Do you have something else that you want to throw in there?
3: Uh, sure, yeah, um, so I like things, because I, I uh, quite often have that third year level. I like doing, well, Besides all the interactive stuff, I really like doing things that have um, real world applications. So like in my third year honors class and even in my heritage classes, we'll we'll do a unit where we're talking about careers and everything And this culmination of that unit. They'll get a description of who they are, like, you know, a, a fake person, <laughs> um, a name where they live, their likes and dislikes, their strengths and weaknesses and they have to go and apply for a job. We do like a little speed dating type of thing where um, they have, they play the part of the employer and they have created a little poster for, you know, job wanted or, or person wanted for the job and they know all the things they're looking for. And then the person, the fake person that, the little um, fake person that we made up, they come up and they have to apply for, for the jobs. And then, um, and Again, they could do that a for like a minute a, and then they go to the next person. A touch of reality. So, and they have to make Yeah. Up the
0: yeah Pardon? It's a touch of reality, right? I mean, reality. Yeah. That's when they end right.
3: getting,
0: you guys are throwing the reality at them and getting them out in the community, all the reality stuff. And you, and you have to do that, right? You have to right. do that. And what uh, right. you know, well,
3: works really well too with my heritage students because, you know, we'll have um, job. John- applications in Spanish uh-huh. and career searches in Spanish. And, you know, eventually they're going to find that Spanish useful outside of the classroom.
0: Yes. So. Now, my last question is to Gary. Is he still there?
3: Yes. Oh, yes. I'm here. <laughs> I'm yes.
0: Here. All
1: right.
0: The guy who started this off. All right. We <laughs> back to Gary for his, his, uh, his um, creativity activity. He's got to have a, Crazy, strange one. I know he's got about a thousand of
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how crazy they are, but just a few. Um, in a nutshell, I love when the kids are able to interact with each other, and I always give them an opportunity, either through dialogues. I love. I'm not a singer, but I love music. So anything to deal with music and the language. Um, we have the students do that i like for them to create their own songs so sometimes it might be a cultural song it might be a grammar song but they love to perform so they'll get up in front of the class and perform their songs another one is what i love to do i'm an old game show person so any game show that's on tv we adapt to the french classroom and on the game show network, they have all of these game shows and the students will say, where did you learn? Why are we doing this? How did you come up with this great idea? And I said, well, I can't take credit for it, um, but we'll adapt those game shows. And I think that's for a new teacher, that would be a great place to start. The other thing is when we do cultural activities, sometimes the kids will look at us or at me, there are some words in French that I love, for example, in cancaillerie, which is a hardware store. And they're like, why are we learning that word? No one is ever going to use that. But they go around outside of class, going up to people and say, do you know what a cancaillerie is? And I think it came to fruition when we were J-term this year in France. And I had several French students, they found a cancaillerie, took pictures of it. They were, you would have thought that Christmas had happened all over again for that them because they said, oh, Mr. Spurgeon, look, we found the kenkairi for you. So those are the things. But I also like competitions, um, cooking, because reading recipes, following directions, a lot of times I, our students are not introduced to that. Yes. And we have the fortune of being able to bring things in. We're very, at least in class, I'm very aware of food allergies and things like that, but I know what those food allergies are and we stay away from those, but example, a Buche de Noel competition or the Biscuit de Noel where they will find authentic recipes and bring them to class and we will make them either in class or we will have the some of the kids make them at home. One of the last activities is my I call it the famous cheese tasting um, activity where they get a rubric and they have to judge quality of the cheese, taste of the cheese, the color, the smell, texture, and all of that. And then they have to rank them. So that's one of the, th- those are some of the activities I do. That's beautiful. Wonderful.
0: And, uh, I'm going to close here in, in the show and, uh, thank all of you profusely. It's been a great honor to have you all on the show. Thank you all. You're wonderful teachers and we're very blessed that you're teaching and the parents and kids are super blessed and the cathedrals blessed to have you there teaching. So, and, uh, you guys have done an incredible job and I kind of speak as objectively because I just seen you at work at the conferences and all the great things you do with the kids outside of class. And, uh, it, we're very thankful and lucky that uh, you guys are in the profession, and and our, our thanks go out to you for being here and, uh, and helping out and sharing your ideas with other teachers, which is really magnificent as well. And uh, I will catch up with everybody. Uh, uh, I have a little announcement I have to make. My grandson, Cooper, who's uh, 14 years old, has been invited to play basketball in Spain this summer, and he's oh, going to be playing... Nice. Yes, and he's going to be playing in Madrid and Barcelona and uh, uh, Valencia uh, for two weeks in Spain with the AAU basketball. So, and guess who's going to be with him? (laughs) Uh, I'll be there. So, yeah, and I may have a podcast there about basketball. We'll see. But uh, anyway, that's coming up uh, in June. Uh, So, at any rate, I wanted to get that little plug in and uh, also um, remind everybody to tune in again will be uh, on the air here in March when it's gonna be a little warmer and the uh, spring break will be up on us and everybody's gonna rest a little bit and you guys can get a break. Uh, and uh, But it's been a great show. I've been, it's it's been magnificent to hear your ideas and it makes me very proud to know that uh, I'm in a profession with you guys. So anyway, let's keep it up and we'll, we'll catch up, okay? Thank you guys for being here. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Tom. Thank you. Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.